You're listening to the Peak Annual Wellness Podcast with Dr. Jeffrey Epstein. Thank you for listening to the Peak Annual Wellness Center Podcast. My name is Chris, and we're here with Dr. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeff, how's it going today? Good. Good. And... um uh, yeah, that's awesome. I don't, I don't know that your microphone can hear you oh, down here. It's awesome. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. All right. So, um, Jeff, we are here at Brookdale Highlands the today. Brookdale Highlands. And there's like Brookdale's yes. all over. There's, there's stuff in Clearwater and Lakeland mm-hmm. and Lakeland. There's two in Lakeland, right? Yep. Two in Lakeland. Now are you associated with the other one in Lakeland? We are all sister communities. When you see Brookdale, it's a sister community of ours. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. So you're like all over central the florida nation. yeah okay so go ahead that's brookdale yeah it's we're at brookdale highlands with none other than tasha saka thank you again for joining us tasha thanks happy to be here well happy to host you guys yeah we're, <laughs> yeah. we're happy that you're hosting us <laughs> last time we were at uh we were at with george over at his facility and we just keep going around different places here senior at, helpers right at mm-hmm. senior helpers yep here in lakeland and uh, we had a really big panel if you didn't get that episode last time you're going to have to listen we had about six people in the room very good discussion. Uh, one of those was Tasha. So we're, now we get to spend one-on-one with Jeff and Tasha. <laughs> it's going to be a really great interview. Let's listen in. Jeff, take it away. Uh, so I really didn't prepare anything today, Chris. So let's just, take, let's just go <laughs> off the cuff. Let's go off the cuff. So um, actually, when we were so rudely interrupted by Chris having to do the intro, we were just starting to talk about better living for seniors. And uh, so... I I just want to start the conversation with you know you know Tasha. I want to start it with you know you're you're the president of Better Living for Seniors. It's a incredibly it's an incredible organization. You know you're young, um, and I just want to ask you a little bit about Better Living for Seniors. How you got involved? How you became president? And and you know we know you work for uh, Brookdale Highlands and you're involved in marketing and sales mm-hmm. and, and care of the patients. So we're going to get into that later on. But how did you get to where you are today, doing what you're doing in Brooklyn Highlands and doing what you're doing in Better Living for Seniors? And like, how did you end, and how you how you so accomplished at such a young age? So tell us a little bit about that. Um, I, well, I appreciate the so accomplished is awesome. I love to hear that. Obviously, um, I I started with Better Living for Seniors when I was still in grad school. Um, I had found out about it. I was an intern at what was then the West Central Florida Area Agency on Aging. So it's wow. now called Senior Connection Center. Shorter, better. Yeah, we were we were focus grouping at that time all those years ago to try to get the name shorter, and they finally did it after I left. Oh. Um, so that's how I found out about Better Living for Seniors, and I joined, and it was so close by. Um, and I loved that it was in Polk County because I did try the Tampa version, which is Marketing Mania. And it was so different. Um, Better Living for Seniors. Everyone was connected. Competitors were friends. They hang out with each other. Everyone was so wonderful and encompassed and really had the uh, care of the people first. And that was what was so important to me. So once I saw that love and passion, I knew I had to be involved. So uh, tell us about tell us about. Um, Brookdale Highlands, like what kind of facility are you? And, and you know, there, there's independent living facilities or assisted living facilities. There's acute rehab, there's skilled rehab, there's, you know, nursing homes or custodial, there's all these levels of care. And start by describing just a little bit about that, because, you know, if you're a person who's getting older or if you're the, 
daughter of someone getting older. You know, where do you start? And so tell us a little bit about, you know, Brookdale Highlands, what specifically you guys do, and then go back and tell us, you know, the, the range that can be done. And then uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what do you do if you're older? What do you do if you're the child of someone getting older and you're trying to help them? How do you start? Because it's so complicated. We think it it's is. easy because we're there. but Right. Well, even a lot of medical professionals and just people in the industry aren't even sure because there's so many different things. It seems like everyone does something else, and it's really hard to just figure out what is most appropriate. So here at Brookdale Highlands, we have assisted living and memory care. So we do have a separate memory care, which I think is wonderful. Our memory care opened up about six years ago, and it was specifically designed with that intention in mind. So it is my pride and joy. <laughs> I love our memory care. How long have you been here? I have been here almost two years. Um, okay. But in the industry for six, seven years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so and they built this six years ago, and it was specifically built to be a memory unit. The memory care, yes. Memory care unit. And what about it makes it different or makes it special in that it was built specially? What? Well, features? even just the layout when you walk in. So, of course, we have where you come in the first doors, um, and then you've got the second door that is uh, you have to have a code to get in. So only the staff has that code uh, for security reasons. And then so you get in and you walk in and we have the beautiful fireplace going. We've got our piano, our activity board, and the whole building is designed. All the apartments um, are in a square. So really, you just keep walking and you feel like you're getting lost and having a wonderful long walk. But really, you're just going around and you're within sight. And for the caregivers and everybody there, it's so great because there's so much to do. But you have that peace and quiet and the tranquility. So it's a really great balance of both. So it sounds like the intent is, you know, as you get older and as you go into memory unit and, and you're not um, as, as, you know, your, your, your memory and your reasoning ability, you want to put these, you want to put, um, you know, people like that in a place where they'll, you know, get lost in a good, in a good, in a good situation, yeah. in a good way, and they're, they're happy and they have good thoughts in their head. And yes. so even if they're not totally connected to reality right. with their dementia, they're happy and they're fulfilled and they think they're in a nice place. And, and, and they uh, feel like they're home. That's what matters. Like, like home, mm -hmm. like home. Okay. And, and how does the family uh, respond to that, coming in and seeing their relatives in a place like this? I mean, it's wonderful. My favorite is when they're such a super involved family. They've been living with mom for years, and they can't imagine her going anywhere else. And then they come visit her, and she is too busy for them. So that is my favorite. That's great. <laughs> we do see that quite often, so wow. I really love when we see that. What are the top activities that they like to do? We, right now, our residents are into music right now. So we have a lot of musical entertainers come in. We do a lot of sing-along stuff, as people like. So it really kind of, we music. do kind of adjust. We adjust depending on what our population likes at the time. Now, is the population now, are they still into Frank Sinatra, or are they moving up to Elvis? Um, we have, we had an Elvis impersonator because there are so many Elvis fans. So wow. we really, yeah. <laughs> now, when I was young, they were all Frank. The, the people that age were right, all Frank Sinatra right. fans. There's but still now, I a guess, lot of that. Yeah. Switching to Elvis, though. Getting well, into more of the rock and roll. <laughs> and when we get to the Stones, then we know we're in trouble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when we get to the Stones, I'm getting close. Um, so that's great. Now, now, there's a lot of memory units popping up all over the place. Um, is there a different... Do you have to... Do you have, 
if you go to a memory unit, you're gonna get a, is that a great place for your for your relative to be, or do you have to look at them a little more deeply? Are they good and bad, or are they all good? Or tell us a little bit about the memory units in the area. Uh, you know, yours is like totally awesome, to but for. are they as good as you? Or like, what, what, what's I out mean, there? of course, I'm going to say that we're the best, but there is a lot to offer. Um, you know, for our community, it doesn't fit everyone's needs. So somebody that wants a more fast-paced uh, community with more residents, um, you know, they're going to want to maybe find a different community. But for us, um, you know, we have a little bit of both, but it is a little slower paced. So somebody that needs that high intensity with a lot of stuff going on and a lot of people in a small area, that won't be us. Um, there are places like that? There are places like that, yeah. Wow, are they all the salespeople that get a little older and they just need to talk? <laughs> and, and then we just hang out there, yeah. Just hang out and have a good time. <laughs> and then you have the place for the couch potatoes or they just want right. to sit and watch TV. <laughs> So every every building has their own little personality. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, one of the interesting things about you know um, Alzheimer's and dementia, which with a lot of, which a lot of people don't know, and and I just want to say it and see what you think about it because I'm I'm sure you know it. But you know, y- y- your parent could be the nicest person in the world, and then they get demented, and all of a sudden they're craggy and they're mean and they're nasty. And some people think that that means they were always that way, just covering it up. And right. some people think that you know what. But what happens really is I think their personalities changed to something it never was before because of where the damage is being done in their brain, right? Right, correct. Well, um, if you think of Alzheimer's as a progressive um, organ failure, then it kind of makes a little more sense. And of course, we know the different parts of the brain control different things. So we'll see the big thing with that personality change as you're talking about it. Um, you're going to see language. That's going to be one of the big things affected. So you'll see things like, you know, they're having trouble finding the right words or they're using all swear words. So you have that church going, wonderful, sweet lady, and now she's using words that you don't know where she found them. And you can watch her on Saturday Night Live. I think for a few years they had the church lady that might have been doing a little cursing. but Right. So, and of course, the swear words are in a different part of the brain that tends to hold on for some reason. That part so never seems to, to be damaged. Dismay. I yeah. think there's redundancy in the brain with that. That's maybe a little bit, but and of course, like the regular conversational, like, hi, how are you doing? Good. I'm fine. That's in a little different part, too. So you'll see people hang on to that. So everyone's like, oh, they seem fine. I don't know. You know, they don't seem like anything's wrong. But if you really get into a deeper conversation, then you'll start to see, you know, those irregularities. And, and when you talk about, you know, different parts of the brain, you know, there are parts of the brain that uh, produce things like Valium. And when you get older, sometimes the, 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 the endogenous Valium levels go down, and you can imagine you might be a little cranky and yeah. a little irritable. So well, sometimes, you might have some arthritis making you cranky, too. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things. And right. I, I won't go into the um, – there's a poem I'll tell you later on about uh, getting older. But, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that make you cranky. Uh, one of the things, though, that people don't realize is those endogenous chemicals in your brain can be low. So uh, some patients, you give them like one or two milligrams of Valium a day, and it's not like you're giving them, you're just replacing what they've lost. Right. It's kind of like when women go through menopause, you give them estrogen. Right. Uh, when, and now men are going through the menopause, and you know we're getting stuff like HCG and testosterone That's because right. you know Sly Stallone's doing it, and um, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's doing it. And I guess it's okay, you know, but I'm not so sure. But anyway, we all are replacing things that we lose as we get older. And, and, and one thing I want to mention, just because we're talking to people out there that may not have the expertise that we do, is, is sometimes those good chemicals go down and you have to replace them. Right. And sometimes, um, so it's, it's all balanced. So, you know, if your relative is acting strange, it's like, you know, find out why. And it yeah. might not be the, it might not be their character, 
It may just be where the brain is being injured right. and what kind of chemicals are being adjusted. And, and there's another reason for getting to a place like your place, who, because tell, tell us about like certain behaviors and how you manage them rather than, you know, everybody watched, um, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest where, you know, you tie them down, you give them drugs, you know, but like, we don't do that anymore. No, you guys we have, definitely do not. And you guys have ways of handling certain types of behaviors. So give us some examples of behaviors and how you handle them. Well, um, you know, if there's a behavior like somebody is very agitated, sundowning, wants to go home or What's wants sundowning? to go to work. What's sundowning is a really fun time in the late afternoon evenings where just there's a lot of built up anxiety and you'll see a lot of extra behaviors you may not see in other times of the day. Right. Late in the day. Um, other things in late in the day, like, you know, there's not as much stimuli. So the light goes away. And I guess in the, at, at nighttime, uh, if you have a little dementia, you can get confused yeah, and then you get anxious. It's and a you disorienting can have, time. So a lot of behaviors that just happen at night, it's, it's sundowning. Right. Um, but, but I interrupted you. So, <laughs> so we're talking about behaviors. And mm-hmm. So one of them is the sundowning. Right. And that's easy probably because you know exactly what it is. Or maybe it's not easy. Well, I mean, people display it differently. Um, in Florida, we have the pleasure of having these thunderstorms that kind of pass through. So maybe at 11 a.m., we can sundown early because everything got really dark. And then it's going to get light later and be full sun. So that can be incredibly disorienting. So Do you see behavior changes? Oh, yeah. When the, when oh, yeah. The, oh, really? Like, what happens? Tell us some. Um, it can be a couple different things. Like, the... The other day when it was really stormy for like the entire day and it was so dark, everyone kind of was like New just Jersey a little, weather. <laughs> yeah, normal other places, but weird for us that it was storming the whole day. Um, everyone was a little more lethargic, just kind of sleepy. Some people were a little more confused, couldn't tell if it was time for lunch or if they had eaten lunch already. So oh, it was just a, it was a weird day. Now, what do you do with somebody who um, happens to be, you know, someone who wanders and is combative and just their behavior is. How would you handle something like that? That is going to be redirection. So something that we focus really highly on at Brookdale, especially our memory care, is learning their backstory, learning what did they do for a living. So if you have somebody highly agitated and sundowning, very stressed out, we don't know why, and then later on we find out, okay, well, they were picking up their kids at 3 p.m. every day. So they're starting to get that anxiety. So then we're going to engage them in something so that that time passes with a little more calmness and structure. And like if you have somebody used to be an accountant, you just yep. have, you have them do his taxes like over and over. We and actually have little stations um, in our memory care. We've got I'm kind of changing it around. So it used to be this desk where uh, this woman was a secretary for a congressman for like 27 years. So she needed to go to work like, you know, when she started sundown and getting confused, she had to go to work. So we had files and she would work. In her office, that was her office. Wow. Now we're kind of transitioning to a teacher because we have a teacher that lives there. So we've got a globe there and some different things. So yeah, we just you've got students you can teach. We do, yeah. So (laughs) the kids come in and yeah, we we have a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, so I guess I guess the message is that you know as you get older, there's behaviors and you know we don't want to do what we used to do. We want to. We want to work with it. We want right. to vibe with it. We want to lead them to a nice place with it and not prevent them. Right. Because you know, when people go in the hospital, they sundown even more because they're out of their environment. They're in a hospital. There's all these new people. And, you know, they have drugs and they have, you know, uh, people get tied down. And it's, it's just um, it's so nice to know that people are handled differently when they're not in the hospital and they're back in their home with, with the people they love. And, you know, what's interesting, you know, for me as a physician coming from the hospital and from the doctor world, 
is, and I'm just, I just want to say this because I don't know if people know this, but people like Tasha and who work with her, they love these people like it's their own family. And I've seen that. Uh, as physicians, you know, I think maybe we have a wall because we have to because right. you see so many patients, they're so sick. But you guys don't seem to have that wall. And it's so nice and it's so, it's so, it's almost to me like it's kind of cute and fun and cool. And, you know, I'm seeing things I haven't seen before. And you love these people. We do. Um, and it does make it hard for, you know, when they pass away or they start declining, it's hard on all of us, but at least we have each other to lean on. But you, you can do what we do, especially the people on the floor that are caring for them day in and day out. You can't do that job without feeling like you need to be there and that's your life passion because the pay is not, I mean, I think they should be making whatever they want um, to be able to do what they do. It requires so much patience patience, attention to detail, and just really being in tune with their residents. And you, you can't do that unless you feel like you need to. Well, that's great because, you know, I was, it's a great point. And I think, you know, if you're a young person thinking about getting into the healthcare field, whether you want to be a doctor or a nurse or, you know, run a assisted living facility or a memory unit, um, you have to think about those kinds of things. Um, I was at um, Florida Southern College just last week and we did a, um, symposium there with all the pre-meds and the pre-dental and the pre-healthcare people. And, you know, one thing we all agreed on is if you don't have a passion for this, uh, you know, whether the money is good or not so good, um, you know, find a place where you're going to be happy because if you don't really care about patients and care about people and care, uh, then, you know, you won't fit well in a provide as a provider, you know, you might be a good, you know, president or CEO of a hospital, but you're not going to be good as a, as a provider. Uh, someone that actually takes care of people. Yeah, exactly. So that's really good advice. Um, so, so tell me about um, how people transition from assisted to memory and why you have the two together. Because there's places that have independent and assisted and memory and then uh, nursing home. You have assisted and memory. And tell us a little bit about that, why you chose to do it, what the other Brickdale facilities are like, pros and cons of all four stages rather than two stages, and, and, and what's special about you guys when someone transitions from ALF to a memory, or let's say they're, they can stay in the ALF as long as, I guess, as, I mean, physically they can stay there forever, uh, but it, so it is really when they start, when the, when the mind starts to go, that's when they need to transition usually. Is that your experience? Um, yeah, it's more... We're focused really on safety. So, of course, in assisted living, we do have people with dementia. Some people have Alzheimer's. It's very early stages. But really, when they're needing different programming, they're needing a much more secured community, a higher um, staff ratio, then that's when we're going to want memory care. So that way you get that extra attention and the specialized attention. And. When they, when they transition from assisted living to memory, are they in the same physical building or different buildings or on the same floor? How does that happen specifically? Um, for us, we have a separate building. So we have our assisted living that we're in right now. And then we have our memory care that's on our campus. So next building over? Yep. Oh, the right. one you door. passed. Yeah. Oh, okay. On your way in. So for the family, it's just going in a different door. It is. Right. And for the person who moves, as soon as they're there one day, it's where they've been forever as far as they know.
And the other thing is when they go to the memory unit, the people that work in the memory unit talk to you guys. We're cross right. And we're they pick up the care right. Yeah. Well, they pick up the care right where it left off. You tell them exactly what the person was like, what they liked, what they did, and what their problems were. So they go there. It's not like a brand new place with new people, even though it is. Right. They've got all that old information and that wisdom that you've developed by working with them. Well, and a lot of times we'll have people here that we know are going to be transitioning to memory care soon. So we'll have them go over and actually start interacting with the staff, engage in activities. So they're already aware of that building. So that way they already, it's familiar and they're just getting an upgraded apartment. That's awesome. So right now I'm going to take a little break um, uh, for a little um, marketing. So we're going to talk a little bit about, we already talked about Better Living for Seniors, how awesome it is, and, and how in our community, um, everybody kind of getting together and synergizes. I, synergizing, I think, helps our community actually maybe do a little better than others because we do meet once a month. We all know each other. We know who to call in. We know what each other, do, what each other does. You know, we have, we have people in the same business who are competitors that are best friends. It's just really a fun place It's like to a little be. family. Yeah. It's like a little family, yeah. Um, so again, um, you know, some of our, our friends in Better Living for Seniors, um, everybody is in the elder care book that our friend Liz and, and, uh, puts out. Um, and, um, you know, so we do have this good connection. And they're all going to be, on May 5th, I think everyone's going to be on Lake Howard in Winter Haven for the big flotilla. That's right. Tell us more about that, Jeff. It's going to be kind of like a flash party. The only difference is we're starting to promote it a month ahead of time. Flash parties, you promote, what, an hour ahead of time? Yeah, it just happens. It's going to be a big flash party. We're starting a month ahead of time. It's going to be Lake Howard in Winter Haven, which is a really big lake. And actually, there's three bars right on the lake right there. We're going to meet at um, something Joe's. Some, there's Tanner's, and there's a Caribbean Bay, and there's a Sloppy Joe, or what is it called? Old Man Frank's. I'm sorry, Old Man Frank's. And uh, we're going to show up. I think they open at 10 a.m. We're going to show up at 10 a.m. as soon as they open um, and just be there with our boats, our kayaks. I actually have a, a pontoon boat that I'm getting at 1 o'clock. And so we're going to come over with the pontoon boat at 1. We're going to have canoe races. We're going to have kayak races. We're going to do anything that's going to be fun. We're going to have super soakers. So if you come, and you better be expecting to get wet. Um, and it's just going to be fun. You know, we're going to show up, you know, again, we're going to have music. They have bars at these places. You can, you can swim, you can kayak, you can do whatever you want. We're just going to be there and have fun. And then like at about five o'clock, everybody goes home and gets changed and then, or goes to dinner and then comes back again at seven for the yacht club party. We're having a formal yacht club party. It's going to be Gilligan's Island. So you can come as any character you want from Gilligan's Island. And if you're too young and you don't know, uh, you ever seen it, uh, I suggest you um, come to our website because we have a link to 30 minutes of the greatest parts of Gilligan's Island. Uh, it was on in the 60s. And so, uh, uh, but, you know, look at it a little bit and have some fun, man. Get into the characters. We have Marianne and Ginger. Marianne's the country girl, really cute. Um, Ginger is the Hollywood model, really glamorous. You know, we have the professor who's like an egghead, just a really smart guy, but he's kind of cute. So Marianne has a crush on him. Sometimes Marianne and Ginger compete, and he doesn't know what's going on because he's a professor, right? We have the skipper, who's a nice guy, good skipper, but not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's got to deal with Gilligan, who's always messing things up. You know, they, they would have been rescued after, like, the third episode, but Gilligan messes it up every episode. So <clears throat> it's like I Dream of Genie, where, like, you know, well, actually, 
you know, actually Jeannie and, and what's his name got together eventually, but it's like those shows where like, you know, some people need to be together and they're just not getting together. Well, with Gilgan's Island, you knew they needed to be rescued and they never would because Gilgan always messed it up. And we have Thurston Howell and Lovey, you know, the, they're like millionaires and they have a lot of cash, but who cares when you're on a desert island? So we're going to have a lot of fun May 5th. It's going to be the flotilla and everyone from Better Living for Seniors is going to be there. We're going to raise money and everyone should just come and have a good time. Yeah. Um, but the main reason we're here today and what's really important is we're trying to reduce hospitalizations in our community. And one of the ways to do that is to have your annual wellness visit. The annual wellness visit is not the yearly physical. It's not the annual checkup. It's different. It's got twice the number of elements. And once you have this done, there is a study of 17,000 Medicare patients that showed a 40% reduction in hospitalizations. So we're trying to get that out into the community. It's no cost for Part B Medicare patients. It's totally covered. And if we can keep our community healthy and out of the hospital, you know, it's not good for the hospitals, but it's great for our community. And hospitals are smart and they'll adjust. And we want to provide less sick care, more health care. And so with Peak Annual Wellness Center, we're doing annual wellness visits. No cost to people with Part B Medicare, small fee for people that don't, any other insurance. And we're hoping to reduce hospitalizations in the Winter Haven community, in the Lakeland community. Um, and we're... Yeah, and we're, and we're really excited about it. And we think, you know, the government's done something really smart by making these visits available. Uh, the primary care docs are just too busy to do it. They just can't do it. They're too busy. They're overburdened. So we're going to do it. And our whole thing is to get the patient back to their primary care doc with this report that's organized, with the education that we give them. And they come back an informed, educated patient with a report that's organized. They go to their family doctor, their general internist, the guy that knows them best, and they discuss it. They do whatever they want to do. It's, it's the patient and the doc. We're just kind of doing that, like home inspection, and then you go to the contractor. So let's get back. Or, or Chris, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's even different about peak than even some other doctors who have done. You know, I've talked to some people who have had their annual wellness visit, but they didn't get a five-year report and a 90-day action plan from their doctor, and they're actually planning on giving us a call here so that they can have another one of their visits done so just so they can get that report because they feel a lot of value when they can see their their uh, the overview of their health right in front of them yeah and you know one and that's a great point you know one reason that doctors aren't doing it is because they think they're already doing it so they say why do i need to do this annual wellness visit i see the patient three times a year and i do the yearly physical and the yearly physical for them is they haven't come in once just to do the review stuff they don't really bill for yearly physicals because it's not covered. There's co-pays. It's not, actually not covered at all. So what doctors do is they just do a follow-up visit, which they call the yearly physical. And, and so people think they've gotten the annual wellness visit, and it's the yearly physical or the annual checkup, but they haven't really gotten it. And, and um, so that's all the docs can do, and that's fine. But again, we want to add that, that 40-element report, um, report with the report. because. You know, if I educate you and you go to the doc, how much are you going to remember? If I educate you and I give you this yeah. report, you're just reading off the report, and I give you information to read over, I educate you about all that kind of stuff, and then you go to the doc. Again, docs should love this because it's helping them be a better doctor. It's helping the patient be a more engaged, active patient. And it's going to really, we're trying to just help the system do better, and we think we can do this uh, with this report and with this visit. And we're really looking forward. You know, the first few doctors who have gotten this, they've been, like, delighted. They've, they've said... This is so well organized. One of my friends who went, they got done, they had a 15-minute visit. They got everything done in 10 minutes. They got to chat for a little while because they just got it done. They said, this is so well organized. This is awesome. So I think doctors will really love it. Um, 
Well, so, I think it's good because you told me earlier to kind of think about, you know, if I know nothing about the industry, I don't, you know, I'm noticing a little bit of changes in my loved one. This is going to be amazing because you're getting a full baseline. You're going to understand so much about what's going on, what kind of care is going to be projected in the future. And, you know, it's a good thing to have, especially so, you know, you start noticing something weird and then you can back that up with your annual wellness visit. So I really think it's important, you know, to have loved ones, especially aging loved ones, which is everyone, to get those. So I really, I, I see the value, especially after we talked about it. And I just, I think they're amazing. I think everyone should be getting them. Oh, great. Well, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah, and we do do... The thing that's different about the annual wellness visit and yearly physical is is all the screening we do. Right. We, we do check, you know, we do check immunizations and cancer screens, just a second opinion, just make sure it's all done. But the main thing we do is all the screening, the dementia screening, yeah. the fall risk screening, the home safety screening, you know, the activity of daily living screening. We're really looking for gaps in care that we can um, point out and then they can be closed. And we're looking for vulnerabilities that people don't know about. If we find the vulnerability and address it, then maybe we prevent a trip in a fall. Yeah, prevent that crisis that, you know, because, of course, we get the calls where somebody's desperate, mom's getting discharged, or she had to go in the hospital, and they said she can't go back home. So we would love to have that be an earlier conversation to prevent that fall that, and that hospitalization, and then that urgency. Nobody wants to work under those circumstances, and then you're just trying to find a community with an opening. You're not trying to find a community that suits them that's going to be their home. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and this just popped into my head. Um, you know, the last car that I had, the transmission was really going bad. It was going bad fast, and I needed to find a new car. And so the car I have now isn't my optimal car because I didn't have time to really find the one I wanted. And actually, when I went to trade my car in to get this car, I actually had a power shifted over to the place. And he knew, like, the transmission was gone. So when you do anything, I think, in haste yeah. without enough planning and information, you're not going to make as good a decision. So your point is really well taken, which is if you can see things coming in the distance, make the plans now, be strategic, uh, be tactical, and then outcomes will be better. So, so yeah, so great point. And, you know, again, everything we do is trying to, you know, um, you know tip us off to be ready for stuff. And so we can, we can prevent it and get them, get them to the places they need to get to right. earlier on. Like if we find someone with early dementia, you know, one thing you can do is in their house put a big sign and say, turn off the stove. But at some point, it might be dangerous. They need to come to a place like this where right. the stove doesn't work. Right. Well, we don't have them. We provide the meal. Right, right. And, you know, another thing, another. All right. Um, anybody out there who's demented, I'm going to share a secret. So um, if, if we don't think you should be driving and you will not let us take your car away, what we're going to do is we're going to take the spark plugs out. And it won't start. And we're going to say, we'll fix it. It'll be ready tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and the car doesn't work. And you go, oh, we'll get it fixed tomorrow. And then, right? Yeah. So um, if you just have a driving problem, that's what you can do. But if it gets more than that, you might have to have them come in and for a full checkup with, right. um, with Tasha's to make sure we're keeping people safe and happy, right? Yep. Do you have anything to add? Any, any open-ended statements to clear up world peace or world hunger world world hunger um we kind of touched on it last time that we were all together and it's just about being well informed and being proactive so just ignoring or kind of teasing the fact that grandma no longer you know can make the cookies she always made at christmas don't tease her and just kind of say oh well she doesn't remember and just discount changes like that it's really good to get out there see what's available get your annual wellness visit so that you can see these changes year over year 
and to give your doctor a fighting chance. That's great. And, you know, just to amplify on that, part of our dementia screen, and probably the most important part of it is to ask people who know the person, has there been a change? Right. That's more important than seeing if they can remember four objects. or Well, drawing a clock is pretty important, because if you can't draw a clock, you're pretty far. But I can't, re- you tell me four words? Like, give me four things to buy at the supermarket? I'm not going to remember it. And I don't think I have dementia. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> I've noticed but, a change, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> we better do the full screen. I can still draw a clock, though, and I think we're running out of time. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have Chris. Ra- Thank you so much for being here, Tasha. Thank you for, you know, for, for taking on that extra, um, uh, the, war- the extra work of being president of Better Living uh, for seniors. And I, I can tell coming in here, you love this place, and they're so lucky to have you. And it's just great to work with you and have you in our community. And thanks for taking the time to talk with us and help, help us help people in the community know where to go for resources and know a little bit more about it so they can plan and can contact right. you when they need to and other people. So we really appreciate the time you spent with us and thank everything you. you do. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you for being here, Tasha. And where can people find out more about Brookdale? Well, um, of course, like we said earlier, we're nationwide. Uh, Brookdale Highlands, we have a Facebook page. We've got our website. Our phone number is 863-701-7820. That's 863-701-7820. Or you can just look me up in the Elder Care Guide in our Better Living for Seniors section. Yep, and you can find more about uh, Peak Annual Wellness Center at peakawc. Dot com. Be sure to watch our video, our two-minute video about what the annual wellness visit is and share it with a friend or family member that you know needs to have their annual wellness visit at peakawc.com slash video. Until next time, this is Chris, Dr. Jeff Epstein, and Tasha from PKWC Wellness Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information or to schedule your annual wellness visit, please visit us online at peakawc.com. That's P-E-A-K-A-W-C dot com.